All right, we'll say good evening to you. Am I too loud? No. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, tonight uh, we've been talking about atheism the last few weeks. Still. Wow. Okay. Uh, if you picked up the paperwork, there's some here stapled together, Atheist Questions, Part 1 and 2. Not really going to go over those tonight, but it's just kind of a... Uh, these are questions from an atheist website, and this is how the, that the writers of the material would answer it. So that'll be a good supplement to go along with what we've done so far. So we're going to pick up tonight on Lesson 76, Relativism. And there's two parts to this. I don't know if we'll get through both tonight, but uh, we'll see where we get. Now, the first statement we see here under questions and objections, it says, there is no absolute truth. You can't be sure of anything. Okay, what's wrong with that statement? Okay, it's a lie. What else? What's... Those two sentences, what's wrong with them? Yeah, we can be sure of the Lord. That's one thing to be sure of. Let's, let's pick at it a little bit more. There is no absolute truth. You can't be sure of anything. Those are both absolute statements saying that there are no absolute statements. So they're self-refuting. Um, if someone were absolutely sure that there is no absolute truth, you can be, you can't be sure of anything, then you know that's great. But since we cannot be 100% sure, then there's a chance that someone making those statements is wrong, and that's dangerous because you get to dealing with eternity. When you get wrong on these matters, it's a matter of eternity, but we know as, as we said that God, God's Word, uh, Jesus, that, that is truth. In John 17, 17, when Jesus was praying His high priestly prayer, He said, asking this of God to His followers, He said, sanctify them in the truth. Your Word is truth. So, yes, there is absolute truth, and yes, we can be sure of what God has said. This idea of relativism, this is a philosophical um, position that says that all points of view are equally valid and that all truth is relative to the individual. In short, anything goes. If if you believe this, and I believe this, I'm not able to tell you that you're right or wrong. You can't tell uh, falls apart pretty quick. Now, it does say that it's um, categorized in three different ways. Cognitive relativism, cognitive relativism, moral and ethical relativism, and situational relativism. You've heard of situational ethics, then that's what this is, you know depending on the situation you're in, depends on whether something's right or wrong. I'm not going to spend a lot of time 
going on those three, the important part is to see, you know, what does someone who is a relativist believe and how we can dismantle that. Probably if you watch the news or read the paper, you're going to see that relativism is probably the primary philosophy in America right now. Um, it comes from a rejection of God, a rejection of Christianity in particular, and trying to get away from the truth. Our society wants to avoid the idea that there really is a right and a wrong. Now, not to go into a, a commentary on the George Floyd case, but he was a man under arrest, he died, we, we all know the situation. As a result of that, there are groups that say that it is right for them to be plundering, to be rioting, to be doing all these unpeaceful protests. Um, one comment I saw on, on Facebook one time was the reason that the looting and everything was justified was because when the police killed that man that the contract was broken. Now, I don't remember signing a contract. I don't know if that's just an understood sort of thing. But I thought, yes, they've justified it in their own mind. But it's not just that. We, we see it in judicial matters. Um, we can't put anybody in jail for committing a crime anymore. There's technicalities, there are all these things that keeps them out of prison. Entertainment, and with some of that we have to use the term loosely. Uh, entertainment is pushing the boundaries. You can't watch a sitcom what people are shacking up together or they're using all sorts of language or any, nor, any um, list of sinful activity, homosexuality, uh, that's almost every show now. It might not be on the first episode, but I guarantee if a new show comes out two or three episodes in, they went that route. Um, and you see they're pushing it more and more. Homosexuality, they're trying to get pornography. Uh, you see the boundaries being pushed all the time. Fornication is on just about every show. Uh, things that at one time were wrong, but now we're promoting them. Adrian Rogers said that sin that used to slink around back alleys now proudly struts down Main Street. And that's where we're at. These things are being promoted as this is what we're supposed to be doing. Um, abortion. Before Roe versus Wade, abortion was illegal. Since Roe versus Wade, and in the past few years, it's been held as a woman's right and a health care matter, when what it is is blatant murder. I saw today where they're pushing for pedophilia to be accepted as a sexual orientation. I will be honest, we know pedophilia is an adult that is attracted to children, to minors. Um, Someone may say, okay, that's their orientation, 
but they come near my child, they're going to find themselves reoriented. That's not going to fly. That is sin. And they're not going to hurt my child or any other child that I can see um, being harmed. And that's where the relativism would come in. Well, well, that's my orientation. How are you to say that that's wrong for me to do that? That's where we run into it. But all these things are being accepted and promoted as anything goes, except there's an exception here. If we speak out against relativism, if we speak out against anything, homosexuality, pornography, all these things that's being promoted, we're labeled as intolerant bigots. This is probably one of the most hypocritical of any of the uh, atheistic, non-Christian views is because we can hold any view that we want to as long as you don't disagree with us. Those who do view that there are absolutes in morality are considered to be intolerant. All points of view are true except for the views that teach moral absolutes or an absolute God or absolute right and wrong. It's like we've said many times, people that don't believe in God, people that will say there isn't a God, people that are relativists, that is so hard for me to say, relativists. It all comes down to they don't want to be held morally accountable to God. We'll hear comments such as, especially if you're trying to witness to someone, well, well, that's your truth, not mine, or it's for you but not for me, and there are no absolute truths. Um, I had a friend that grew up as a Christian and has left that for Wicca. I've mentioned him before, and I remember when I was talking to him, when he told me one day that he had made that decision, I was trying to plead with him. He said, well, that, that just didn't work. That's not my way. I, that didn't work for me. So there we're seeing, if you don't want to be accountable, and, and I know, knowing him and knowing his lifestyle and his past, that's exactly what it was was not wanting to be held accountable for pet sins. The, probably the saddest verse in the Bible is depart from me, I never knew you. Probably the second saddest is the very last verse in Judges. It says, in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what what was right in his own eyes. If you want a biblical definition of relative moralism, it is everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And that's what they had at the end of Judges. There was, there was no um, compass pointing in the right direction. And it says here, a society cannot flourish or survive in an environment where everyone does what is right in his own eyes where the situation determines actions 
And if the situation changes, lying or cheating is acceptable as long as you're not caught. Okay? In America, we're seeing you can't tell me what I can or can't do. What's happening to our country? Is it eroding? Fast. Fast. A society built on no moral absolutes, although we were built on it, but we have decayed, cannot stand. Without a common foundation of truth and absolutes, our culture will become weak and fragmented. Now, kind of a sidestep from this, if you think of relativity, um, not all aspects of it are bad. Which side of the road do you drive on? It depends. In America, we drive on the right. If we're in England, we drive on the wrong side. Here we drive on the right side, there you drive on the wrong side. Um, but it, it's relative to where we are. Um, uh, different cultures have different ideas on child rearing. They have different uh, marriage and wedding uh, traditions. And these aren't right or wrong ways. We find that it's okay because there it, it's not going against anything moral. I like what they say here. It doesn't matter which side of the road we drive on as long as we all do it the same way. Okay, if, if some, somebody came up and said, okay, you can't tell me I have to drive on the right side of the road. So they decide they're going to make their own truth. They're going to drive on the left side. Pretty quick, there's going to be an accident. We have to all be doing it the same way. Or, uh, another thing, someone could be irritated by a certain sound that does not bother another person. That sound, the way it's perceived, is relative to the person hearing it. These things that are not written in stone in moral law, you know, you can get away with relatively. But stuff like lying, cheating, stealing, adultery, fornication, these are things that God gave us in His law in the Ten Commandments and expanded on other places. These are not things that we can um, negotiate on. These are absolutes. And that's where we get a common ground. Um, if we don't have that, who are we to say who's right or who's wrong? Um, but the issue is, the important issue is, is whether or not there are absolute truths. Um, I, I believe there are absolute truths, but just kind of to be thinking, we could say, well, can there be different kinds of absolute truths if indeed there are absolute truths? We might ask ourselves, is it always wrong to lie? Does one plus one always equal two? Are there some times that it equals three? Does one plus one ever equal three? Fisher says no. It's always two, isn't it? Um, can something both exist and not exist? 
Um, can something bring itself into existence if it first does not exist? Now with these questions that we're asking ourselves, if any of these can be answered in the affirmative, then relativism is refuted. If one plus one does always equal two, that means that's, that's an absolute statement. Relativism starts to break down. Uh, coming here, we're talking about ethics. You know, we have to have a standard. It can't be to where, well, if I'm in this situation, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lie, or I'm, I'm gonna steal this one little thing, cause, you know, I, I just need this to get by. I'm sure a lot of people that have been caught in um, embezzlement have thought, well, I need just a little bit to get by. Then it goes to a little more and a little more situationally they think well they're okay because they're going to pay it back eventually but it gets to where it's too much at one time in america we thought slavery was okay then that was uh, repealed and, and we're still dealing with the ramifications from that to this day Bottom line, we go through all this um, the ethical stuff. There are things that humanity didn't just dream up. We didn't dream up honesty or fidelity, truth, or not stealing, not murdering. These are things that God gave us through His Word. He, he wrote it on our hearts as humans, and they transcend what we think. And they are absolutes. Uh, let's moving on to the part two lesson. I think we can move through this pretty quick. I think we're. I think we can all pretty well see this is a uh, an ideal of philosophy that falls apart pretty quick. Um, cognitive relativism. There's uh, six things that are listed. List, my word listed, I'm going to have to have somebody come up here and speak for me, an interpreter. Um, six things listed answering the question of why has relativism gained a foothold in our society? A lot of these things we already talked about, um, what's in the media, what we consider uh, entertainment, uh, there's a lot of new age philosophies that have been introduced in our culture and people want to go with that. Um, a lot of people will say, well, they only believe what science tells them. And sometimes with science, they can find out later what they previously thought was wrong. So in a way that could be relative and they're okay with that. So anything that removes God and removes moral um, absolutes, the relativists will go towards. If you've um, if you've been with us on Wednesday nights for any length of time, you know there's a an illustration I use quite a bit, and I normally pick on Eddie, but he's not here. But someone wants to talk about relativism, and I'll, I'll pick on Dennis tonight since he's right here. I won't pick on Haley or Fisher. Okay, Dennis believes it's wrong. For me to steal from him. Well, if I think it's not wrong, if I go up and say, Dennis, give me your billfold, 
we're kind of, we've got a problem. Because he believes that that's wrong, I believe that's right. So if I then attack him and steal it from him, and I believe it's right, who is he to believe that it's wrong if I think it's right? See, it's self-contradictory. We can't both be right. But they have an illustration here, and I, I want to, of course, please go back and read kind of the in-between stuff that I didn't mention. But I want to read this illustration, and I think it paints a very um, vivid picture. If you want to follow along, this is found a little more than halfway down on page 500. It says the setting. A thief is casing a jewelry store so he can rob it. He has entered it to check out any visible alarm settings, locks, layout, etc. In the process, he has unexpectedly gotten involved in a discussion with the owner of the jewelry store whose hobby is the study of philosophy and believes that truth and morals are relative. So, says the owner, everything is relative. That's why I believe that all morals are not absolute and that right and wrong is up to the individual to determine within the confines of society. But there is no absolute right and wrong. That is a very interesting perspective, says the thief. I was brought up believing that there was a God and that there was right and wrong, but I abandoned all of that, and I agree with you that there is no absolute right and wrong, and that we're all free to do what we want. The thief leaves the store and returns that evening and breaks in. He has disabled all the alarms and is in the process of robbing the store. That is when the owner of the store enters through a side door. The thief pulls out a gun. The owner cannot see the man's face because he is wearing a ski mask. Don't shoot me, says the owner. Please take whatever you want and, and leave me alone. That is exactly what I plan to do, says the thief. Wait a minute. I, I know your voice. You're the man who was in the store earlier today. I, I recognize your voice. That is unfortunate for you, says the thief, because now you also know what I look like. And since I don't want to go to jail, I'm forced to kill you. You can't do that, says the owner. Why not? Because it isn't right, pleads the desperate man. But did you not tell me today that there is no right and wrong? But I have a family and children who need me and a wife. So, I'm sure that you're insured and that they will get a lot of money. But since there is no right and wrong, it makes no difference whether or not I kill you. And if I let you live, you will turn me in and I will go to prison. Sorry, but that will not do. But it's a crime against society to kill me. It's wrong because society says so. As you can see, I don't recognize society's claim to impose morals on me. It's all relative, remember? Please do not shoot me, I beg you. I promise not to tell anyone what you look like. I swear it. I do not believe you and I cannot take that chance. But it's true, I swear, I'll, I'll tell no one. Sorry, but I, it cannot be true because there is no absolute truth. No right and wrong, remember? If I let you live and then I left, you will break your so-called promise. There is no way I could trust you. Our conversation this morning convinced me that you believe everything is relative. Because of that, I cannot believe you will keep your word. 
but it is wrong to kill me. It isn't right. It is neither right nor wrong for me to kill you. Since truth is relative to the individual, if I kill you, that is my truth. And it is obviously true that if I let you live, I will go to prison. Sorry, but you have killed yourself. No, please don't shoot me. I beg you. Begging makes no difference. And we see the result. The thief pulls the trigger. Now, of course, this is a made-up scenario, but it shows the truth of relativism. A person believes that anything goes, that whatever you believe is okay, then it comes down to it, well, he's pleading with the thief, pleading with him to recognize an absolute moral which he himself earlier that day said that there is no such thing. Then as the conversation goes on, he says, well, I promise I won't tell anyone. That comes back to ethical relativism. In that situation, he says, well, yeah, yeah I won't tell, but then we know afterwards he would. And the thief recognizes that. Well, the thief doesn't want to go to prison so it becomes, in his eyes, right to do what the store owner says is wrong. If relativism is true, then was it wrong to pull the trigger? According to relativism, it wasn't. That's, wow. Again, this is extreme, but I hope it, it gives you, paints that picture for you. Two opposing ideals, they collided, one person lost their life for it. Uh, there's another section here, refuting relativism. Um, this is really the easiest one, it says all truth is relative. If all truth is relative, then the statement, all truth is relative, would be absolutely true. If it is absolutely true, then not all things are relative, and the statement that all truth is relative is false. Now that's kind of a cycle of words to get around there. Um, you know, you've always heard it said that there's an exception to every rule. Okay. If there's an exception to every rule, then that rule that says there's an exception to every rule would have to have an exception to it so that it would be true all of the time. I think too much sometimes, I really do. But it's true. That could not be true without an exception. Again, to say there's no absolute truths, that's an absolute statement that cannot be backed up according to relativism. Um, yeah, and, and I like this one. Your re that is your reality and not mine. Okay, is my reality really real? If my reality is different from yours, how can my reality contradict your reality? If yours and mine are equally real, 
how can two opposite realities that exclude each other really exist at the same time? And then we have the question, what is truth? And when I read that, my first thought was when Pilate was questioning Jesus before his crucifixion. Jesus said, yes, this is the truth. And Pilate said, what is truth? We know truth to be a man. Jesus Christ. We know truth to be a word. The written word of God. We know truth. There are so many people that are they're looking for truth so hard that they're making up their own truth. That's how hard they want to know the truth. That's where we can step in sharing the gospel. Um, for me, reading this, any of these statements that relativist makes is an absolute statement that can be immediately refuted. If you do take time to read your material, on the last part of this, there's a, a preacher's progress, uh, starting on page 505, 505. Please read this. It's between Christian and Rail uh, Tivist is, is their name. But the conversation, it's a fun conversation to go through because when you get down to brass tacks, anybody that is a relativist cannot be logical. And he's, being, and he's accusing the Christian of, well, you're trying to bring logic into it. Well, how dare somebody bring logic into a discussion? It has to be logical to make sense. So please take time and do that as well. I know that's, that's over two lessons quickly, but do we have any, and we're a minute over, but um, do we have any questions or comments about, and I'll, I'll answer as relatively well as I can. And that's a lot. We, we're seeing that effect of relativism because people are going more off of their feelings than their fact. Okay. and how it's, that you're trying to make that a accepted sexual orientation. And an argument is that, well, back in, in the Bible times or even in the Old West or whenever, you had brides that were 12, 13 years old. At that time, that was culturally and socially the norm and was a far cry from what pedophilia is. I mean, we, we hear of, 
uh, police raiding houses, finding computers with hundreds of gigabytes of child pornography. Yes, even though someone married young, that was still a covenant relationship. You know, whether it was in the Bible, whether it was in the Old West, it wasn't someone that was looking for a child to fantasize about or whatever. I, I see that as greatly two different things. I see that is wrong. I do. Yeah. Selling. Yeah. Right. Well, if they're a relativist, then they shouldn't have a problem with it. You know. But yeah, other cultures do. They'll they'll sell their children off to be married early, or sell them into uh, sex slavery or whatever. It is a sick world. Sick. I don't even like to talk about the stuff, but it's it's there and it's real. And these are people we're going to encounter from time to time. So God give us strength to to talk to those folks. Okay. Anybody else got anything before we transition? All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll say goodbye to our Facebook. Um, Audience tonight, thank you for joining us.